got status, now I'm a big dog, bitch. I pull up on the block in a big Corvette. Welcome to the Roz Project, episode 92, a conversation about life, entrepreneurship, personal development, family tech, and marketing. My name is Ivan Temelkoff, and I'm your host. And this morning, I am joined by my amazing sidekick, the amazing Courtney uh, Turner. And on this podcast, we you will gather 100% real, raw, and unfiltered, life-changing advice to help you level up in every aspect of your life and business and help you reach your goals and dreams. Good morning, Courtney. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm 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 doing pretty pretty good. You know, it's 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 Monday and it's okay. it's it's going to be a turbulent week from what I hear. Yeah, I'm hearing that too. I'm, I've already seen businesses starting to board up and prepare. So right, yeah, right, right. And I've actually I've seen video of it all over the country and uh, other cities. So yeah, I know, Getting I know. Ready. It's pretty crazy, right? Of what's happening. And uh, before we we jump into that, uh, <laughs> for those of you that are joining us for the first time, we are multicasting everywhere all over the web. We are on Facebook, on YouTube, on Periscope. Um, let's see, what did I miss? On LinkedIn Live and on Twitch um, also. And, you know, this is this topic is a little bit out of left field uh, for, for the podcast, but I wanted to talk about it today because <clears throat> there's, there, there's so much, and that is agreeing to disagree. Where, where is America headed? You know, where's America headed? I think there is so much uncertainty and chaos. Like you said, businesses are boarding up, you know, all over the country, which is scary. Reminds me of, you know, four or five months ago, pre-COVID or when COVID was starting, that the fear that I had immersed in the country. And now we're seeing that repetitive behavior happen. What's your take uh, on this? What are you seeing on your side? I, I'm I'm seeing some businesses start to board up again, um, and I am you know hearing people say things like I'm stocking up on toilet paper again. Um, you know I I am hearing a lot of people who are very nervous, and some people are saying they're going to head out of town, um, go to some place that's a little bit more rural uh, to protect themselves and their family. There's been I know people can't buy you know. Uh, ammunition and weapons uh and a lot of people are trying right now so there's definitely rumor that there might be some unrest um yeah i don't know on the other side there there's also lots of enthusiasm and support i was at the Mm -hmm. beverly hills trump rally this weekend and Mm -hmm. it was pretty incredible to see you know you wouldn't think in beverly hills california of all places that there would be such <laughs> massive numbers. Um, sure, sure. Yeah, and one of the things that you know I keep talking about with my big takeaway, um, you know, that it's no secret where I stand, but sure. I think that uh, it's really amazing just to see the dichotomy of the two sides. There were some insurrectionists uh, who were present, and the way that the uh, Trump rally uh, supporters shut them down was to go around and surround them cheering USA USA. Yeah. I just thought, you know, this this is it. This is the 
this is the dichotomy and this is this is the depiction of both right, sides because right, right. one was trying to start a fight and they were you know they were getting very hostile and trying to start a fight and then they the the rally people basically just like shut them down with american pride chanting usa usa right that's right the greatest thing ever i'm like that that's the way you shut down a fight is with, with sure. pride and love and just kill them with kindness it was awesome. and you know when you said that and i'll come back to that for a second <laughs> but one thing that i wanted to mention here for for listeners new listeners also is is that uh courtney is actually a political pundit and in fact her podcast, the Courtney Turner podcast, will be going live this month. You guys definitely want to subscribe to this because let's just say that this is going to rattle the cages. And <laughs> one thing that I absolutely love, love, love about Courtney is this that, uh, you know, you're so direct, you're so transparent, but you also come from a place of love and agreeing to disagree because I think that, let's face it, America is about unity and peace and love. You know, it's and the I, United States of America. E pluribus exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And That's and I think one. with what's happening right now, you know, tomorrow, election day, you know, everybody, you know, is talking about uncertainty. I think I even heard some people on Facebook that they're considering moving to another country. I'm like, really? Where did your sense of patriotism go? You know, like you're patriotic until you know you're democratic until things don't go your way. And then it's like <laughs> So much for being united, right? And so, well, that was one of the things. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I want to say something about that because mm -hmm. what I really see and hear with a lot of people who are saying, you know, they're going to move, is they're really just throwing a tantrum, like a child who didn't get their cookie. And I, if you truly do not like what's happening in America, you do not like the values that we stand for, you don't agree with the fundamental core of what America is, then. I think you should leave and I wish you would stop threatening to leave. You should do it. You should really leave because I hear this from the celebrities like, you know, I hear from lots of people, but we're really seeing it from these elitist celebrities who are threatening, you know, Trump wins, mm -hmm. I'm going to move. And that really what they're doing is throwing a tantrum. And I, it's yeah. not that I don't think you should, you know, be patriotic and, you know, fight and, you know, certainly I was not happy with many elections and I stayed because I love this country and I love for what it stands, regardless of, you know, whether things go my way or don't. But I really do feel very strongly that there are people who don't feel that way and they don't love sure. this country. They don't value, you know, the founding principles. And if that's true, then, you know, rather than throwing tantrums, you should you should live by your word. And if you don't like yeah. it, leave. See, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, what you said about there is just, uh, I think that's the beauty about this free world, you know, this free country is just that, you know, the, the freedom of expression and we're all allowed to express ourselves and yeah. whether it's our political beliefs or our morals or our values. And the reality of things is I think a lot of people try to oppose that. Mm -hmm. And it, that's where like, you kind of see a little bit of tyranny and di dictatorship coming about because honestly you know uh, i will say this is that regardless of who wins honestly the next presidency is that i wholeheartedly believe deep in my heart that this country will not crumble because it is fueled and powered by the people for the people 
And I think that's what the left and the right are forgetting because this this is in part why I've been neutral for so long is because I think the left and right in, in part largely it's about political gain or at least a lot of people see it that way. You know, the American people see it as nothing more than just political gain, right? Is this that they are trying to build their career, you know, establish themselves as the next leader of a country, but are they truly willing to help the people? You know, are they really truly using to help the people? And that's that's one of the dilemmas right now. And I think that's creating a sense of fear, Courtney, for people. Is this that that uncertainty because they don't they don't truly know whether or not whether Trump or Biden, whoever wins, like are they really gonna solve the problems in our country? But let's face it, either candidate that wins, right? At the end of the day, if you have problems in your own life, you're the person that needs to fix them. A new president is not gonna fix them. Absolutely. So I have a couple of things I'd like to say. Sure. You addressed a couple of things that you know, I think are really relevant and important. So the first thing is when you brought up uh, political gain and are people, you know, are the candidates really there serving the people? And is that something that the American people are worried about? And that's what's bringing this rise of so much fear. I honestly think that this is actually why Trump won in 2016. Um, he is anti-establishment. And, you know, he's been very uh, clear and candid about this. He's talked, to, I think he just did an interview yesterday, actually talking about why he ran in 2016. And so much of it is because he couldn't stand what he was seeing in Washington, D.C. with the uh, elite political class and how they weren't serving the people. And I think that is why he won, because he, whether you like him, you dislike him, he is not a politician. And he did not run for political gain. If anything, he has actually lost quite a bit, uh, you know, serving this country. He, he's lost money. He has uh, risked his life. You know, there, I, I wrote an article recently, and I talked a lot about this, how he is truly anti-establishment. But the second thing I want to address, and mm -hmm. you know, there, there's a lot we can discuss in that, obviously. But the second thing I want to address is really important. I think people are looking to political answers to solve spiritual problems. And yep. if spiritual problems lie within, you know, one of the things when you study human nature and you study humanity, one of the things I think is so fascinating is that a lot of people are, we, we touched on this a little bit, I think on Friday, but mm -hmm. people typically externally to solve problems, they really don't know themselves very well. But one of the things when you really study humanity, you start to realize, and, and it's, it's terrifying, but it's also empowering when you truly understand this, is that evil is not out there. Evil is within each of us. And yeah. the job of every human being is to surmount that evil. It's not to eradicate it. We will always have evil forces within us. But when you understand how to control that, to tame it, to recognize it, and where you want it to serve, because there are times that those dark forces can be used for good. And there yeah. are times where you need to rein it in and have power over yourself. And when we as individuals start to really recognize that and take control of that, there will be less evil out there because we're really, we're taming ourselves and we're, you know, rising to our, our spiritual uh, awareness and yeah. evolving, yeah. evolving. So one thing that you mentioned that, you know, speaking, speaking of Donald Trump specifically mm -hmm. is the one thing that I really like he has done is this, he has really boosted 
uh, the potential behind entrepreneurship. And, you know, we have seen that throughout COVID, you know, and uh, I don't know if I would directly attribute to that, but I think obviously he had some attribution to that, yeah. given that he was still in presidency, right? You know, yeah. sort of the, the fearless leader, captain of the ship. And yeah. that is, I think, you know, obviously that small business is mm-hmm. the backbone of America. I mean, without Absolutely. small business, there's little and no economy. Like, you know, yep. job growth has to continuously happen. Yeah. You know, new businesses have to start. And this is this is something I'm very adamant about. So, you know, in fact, me and my father had a convo about this. And, you know, uh, typically, we, you know, as an immigrant family, we've been more towards the left. But then, you know, when we saw what Trump did, you know, from a business standpoint, it was like, this is amazing because, you know, it's, it's providing for families, new jobs were being created. And, you know, in fact, I saw a post of someone on Facebook uh, about three or four days ago. And um, this was uh, an old friend that I hadn't really engaged with in a long time. And she was asking me, she's like, so how has COVID, you know, impacted your business? And I said, well, I doubled my business, you know, revenue has doubled and, and, you know, things are going good. And, you know, she said, well, I had, I had to cut back and, you know, I had to make some sacrifices. And it goes back to what you just said. I think people really are looking towards politics to solve their religious beliefs or moral beliefs. And when they get disappointed, it's like, well, this is not the candidate I wanted to win. So it's like, screw you, man. You know, it's like, I just don't see the the rationale behind that. I mean, you made a very valid point that, you know, politics is not going to solve your personal problems. That's what people don't understand is just that they're personal <laughs> problems for a reason. Hence the word personal, because it's you, you know, your relationship. Everywhere you go, there you are. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Everywhere you go, there you are. And the word personal and personal problems kind of should be, you know, the defining thing that, you know, if your relationship is not going the way you hoped, well, that's your personal. It's not the fault of Donald Trump or Joe Biden. You know, it's your fault. Fix it. And I think there's a lot of that in America. And so I want to kind of turn the discussion towards agreeing to disagree. Because that that's literally what's happening right now is like people are just and I posted this on Facebook and it was actually kind of ironic because I was hoping to get a bunch of people to jump in on the convo. But I think it was maybe too heartfelt. And that is that. OK, you know, here's what's happening in America right now. Hey, who are you voting for? Joe Biden. Hey, who are you voting for? Trump. OK, screw you, man. You know, that that's like literally like why can't we agree to disagree in these United States of America? So I really want to address this because this is something that is so uh, fundamental to this the values of this country. The First mm-hmm. Amendment is freedom of speech, and there's a reason the First Amendment is freedom of speech because without freedom of speech, you really don't have anything else. Mm-hmm. And when you say you know why can't we agree to disagree? I think we absolutely have to agree to disagree because no one person, no matter how brilliant, how, uh, you know, informed, they are never going to be right about everything. Or even if they, even if in a perfect world they were, like if they were somehow magical and they were right about everything, they still can't know everything. There's still things they're going to miss. So absolutely, I think we need to be able to have discussions. There's a reason the right and the left sit next to each other. 
right. in every political structure that has such a dichotomy, and it is so that they can communicate with each other. However, I really do want to address this, and this may be uh, a little provocative, but I'm going to say it. You know, I think what we are seeing is there's a big difference between, you know, traditional liberals who are left of center and what we're mm -hmm. seeing today with the radical left. You know, that's not to say that the, you know, the far right has no issues. You know, I, I don't support extremism on either side. However, what we're seeing from the radical left is this pervasive censorship and they're shutting down freedom of speech. You know, mm -hmm. they're telling you what you can and can't say. It is so Orwellian or, you know, Huxley's Brave New World. It is things that writers of decades ago talked about and wrote about that were dystopian. We never thought we'd see come to fruition today. We're seeing it. We are seeing yeah. this kind of censorship where you're not allowed to say what you believe or you will be canceled, shut down, taken down, fired, in some cases shot. I mean, there was literal cases of people saying a few months ago, all lives matter, which I think fundamentally nobody should disagree with. I mean, right. we disagree with all lives matter. All lives do matter, I believe. Um, and I, don't, I have a really hard time wrestling with how somebody could disagree with that statement. But there are people who were shot for saying it. That right. is not freedom of speech. And we are seeing that from, you know, the, some of the people who are on the very far left who really they want to shut down people's ability to speak their mind. And that's terrifying because that is everything that we fought for in this country. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one thing I actually, I actually wanted to share a story uh, in regards to that, you know, um, in terms of censorship and, you know, silencing freedom of speech, like you mentioned, because I wholeheartedly believe that, you know, and yes, the United States of America has fought for that. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like the last 250 plus years have little been spent largely on that. Here's something interesting that happened on Facebook that really got me thinking and uh, i'm surprised that i didn't lose my shit on this because uh i traditionally would because so the the post was about how um the michigan health department issued these recommendations um around social gatherings and you know like recommendations mind you there's the keyword here right recommendations it wasn't an enforcement it wasn't a law it was, uh, right. it was guidelines right and then the person that posted this was basically saying, oh, my God, this is totalitarianship, communism. And I'm like, wait, dude, I lived through communism for nine years of my life. Like communism is like you can't do something or they come and arrest you because it's mm -hmm. prohibited by the law. This is a guideline. This is a recommendation. Like it's not it, it an is, enforcement. It is. But this, the, this is the problem here is mm -hmm. that people are trying to enforce these recommendations and that is communism that is to yeah. that is I agree. not it, that is not constitutional and that's the problem right. i have had so many instances of this i was slapped a federal warning on american airlines for trying to drink a cup of water so wow the, yes and the the federal warning is a written federal warning i i now call them anti-american air they, they, have, they have no regard for the American Disabilities right. Act. They, they say that it doesn't apply to them, which is not true. It does apply to them. They say that it doesn't apply to the airline nor the airport, which, again, mm -hmm. is not true. And moreover, they're, they're trying to police you literally. I was literally here with a cup of water. And mm -hmm. 
they they were telling me I didn't have my mask on. Do do they have superpowers that enable them to be able to drink through their mask? Because I don't. So you yeah, know, and so, I I agree. It's a it, mm -hmm. in in technicality, it is just a recommendation. It's a mandate. However, if they are trying to enforce it as if it's a law, which is not constitutional, yeah. that is tyrannical, that is communism. And moreover, what I'm seeing that is even more terrifying is, you know, most people don't know Hitler was actually elected. And what I'm seeing from this type of mass compliance as if it were a law, it means the people aren't thinking for themselves. It means that people right. aren't taking their own personal health thoughts, uh, freedoms, rights, and considering what is best for them and their family into consideration. And they're just blindly capitulating as if these things were laws. And that's where yeah. in the problem lies. Well, and, you know, I think you said it. And bas basically, to round out the story, that was kind of what I was pointing out. And I said, look, I'm not blind. You know, I, I'm seeing, look, for the first nine years of my life, when we lived in Bulgaria, you know, you couldn't celebrate the holidays. It, literally, people would come to you to your house and monitor and see if you had a Christmas tree up or any kind of decorations. And if you did, they would take you to jail. And so what I was trying to say in that post, that look, it's a recommendation. It's a guideline. I understand they're trying to enforce it, but it is not a law. Right. And I'm not the person. So what was actually really funny about the comments I put is I'm pretty sure that most people think that I'm a communist based on that <laughs> post because what I was trying to illustrate is like, get your head out of your ass and understand that I'm on the same page as you. Because if they enforce it and then make it a law, I'll be the first to oppose it because that is counterintuitive as to why I live in the United States of America. Right. That's what they don't understand. But immediately, and these were mostly people from the right, mind, mind you, that were like, this is the kind of stuff that Hitler and the Nazis did. I'm like, dude, pipe down. I'm on the same page with you. I'm just <laughs> not as extreme as you to where I'm looking at a guideline or a recommendation. I'm like, well, I don't do this. You know, I definitely don't don't do that. In fact, we're concerned about having a Friendsgiving. And this is Mind you, in the state of Michigan, not in the state of Missouri, where I live. This is in the state of Michigan. Right. You know, that this is happening. But people are so bent over the fact and making assumptions already. And I'm like, unless something happens, like if this gets put into law, you don't think that it's going to be opposed by the entire country? Of course it will. And I'll be one of those people to oppose it. But well, people, go ahead. The problem, though, is that they start with small little increments. And We've seen this throughout the past hundred years where mm -hmm. they've marched through. So, you know, Stalin had his five pillars. I, I, I don't know how familiar you are with the five pillars. I would imagine coming from a communist country, you probably are. But uh, for the audience, I will go through them. You know, in order to have functioning society, you need the backbone of the family, the backbone of religion. And that, by the way, does not mean oral organized, you know, it means like the moral underpinnings of religion, religious institutions. It is the media, it's entertainment, and it is academia. And we've yeah. seen through the past hundred years where they have, it, it feels like it's been a very slow kind of infiltration through the culture to destroy these five pillars. And it's because destroying these five pillars is how you can have a revolution. And when I say revolution, I'm not talking about reform. I'm not talking about changes. You know, of course, you know, as societies evolve, you make reformations, you right. change things. However, you don't radically, you know, overthrow 
And with with every kind of a uh, you know revolution, there is violence. That is what it is. It is a violent overthrowing. Right. And, you know that is not what's needed in order to reform, but that radically destroys. It is about destroying. It's not about changing or evolving. And in order to do that, you have to tear down the culture. You have to tear down the moral underpinnings of the society. And so to go back to what you're saying, um, and you're saying, you know, that it, it's a nuanced thing and that you're you're going to be the first mm-hmm. to argue to vote against it and you're not going to stand for it. The problem is when you slowly chip away at something, people start to get accustomed to having more of their freedoms taken away and they start to say okay yeah we can i i use the analogy of a game of tug of war you know so you're you're playing tug of war right and typically like somebody's pulling and it's like okay we're we're just an inch it's fine you know we'll we'll get it back and then they pull another inch like okay we're gonna keep pulling you will hold our ground and they keep holding the ground instead of fighting back and pushing back and when and before you know it you're miles down the road and you're like, how did we get here? So to yeah. me, that's the problem. No, that's a really good point, Courtney. And, you know, um, of course, the perspective is the differentiating factor. And, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people that, you know, I what I have found in my life is that if I make speculations on things that aren't factual sure. and make assumptions, then yeah. that's where you get a lot of stress and anxiety. But uh, oh, yeah, of course, and depression. And Absolutely. so. What you said is, I wholeheartedly agree. It's not that I don't disagree with that. And I think social media is notorious for diluting the contextual value and true intentions behind people to where so many people become presumptuous. And that was literally, you know, in fact, one of my uh, one of my clients in the front actually jumped in and literally wrote like a blog post (laughs) comment (laughs) that took me like five minutes to answer. And um, she's like, you know. I think, uh, Ivan, you're on the same page with everybody, but you're just looking at it from a different angle. And I'm like, of course I am. I'm looking at it from a different angle. But please understand that, of course, I would oppose dictatorship. Of course, I would oppose tyranny. It's not that I'm for it. It's it's not that I'm supporting it. It's just I'm one of those people that's like, and you made a very valid point that if you chip away at something, people start to believe it. And eventually it turns into dictatorship. And so and that's where I think the fine line between, you know, agreeing to disagree and understanding that we all have different perspectives. But at the end of the day, we're all in this together. You know, we're united. We live in the United States of America. uh, And as opposed to spending time (laughs) on these conversations that turn into bickering contests is that. Let's just take a more democratic approach and say, okay, I get it. You've got your own perspective, but I believe we're on the same page. And people just can't be diplomatic, I think, is what's happening right now. People just can't be that diplomatic because, and maybe that's what fuels social media. You know, um, a few episodes ago, uh, I talked about my perspective on the Social Dilemma movie. And, you know. And and that really kind of alludes to what we're talking about today, because I think social platforms like Facebook and obviously YouTube is with outrage and video and Twitter, of course, you know, is voicing, you know, left and right opinion on where things are at, the current state of the country. But at the end of the day, we have to find it within ourselves as human beings to realize that, you know what, we have to unite. 
yeah. and not create division by opposing each other and giving each other the benefit of the doubt. And I will tell you this, I'm part of an organization that will <laughs> remain nameless that's supposed to be a group of elite entrepreneurs. When I, th I think the vast majority of them are actually, you know, far right, which is fine, you know, mm -hmm. but I think that I get judged day in, day out because of my beliefs. I get judged. And, and it's kind of frustrating because it goes to what we're talking about now is just that agree to disagree. And if we don't learn to agree to disagree, then where is America headed? Right. Absolutely. Uh, it, I, I think that that is a really, really good question. I, I think that's very interesting. Have you had that you feel that you're being uh, judged or have you had conversations with them or that's just a feeling that you're getting? Um, so I have a, I've had actually a couple of instances, one particular individual who flat out said that he had, he did not want to have anything in association with me, did not want to work with me, did not want to be friends with me. And this was largely because I had hinted because I've always been more on the left side. You know, mm -hmm. I've always been more democratic. Sure. Um, and in this particular election, believe it or not, I'm neutral because I honestly see pros and cons on both sides, you know? So it's like, why would I vote for, you know, the lesser evil? Like it just, and, but that's just me. And so, um, one particular encounter was really, and it actually bothered me for like probably a month, honestly, because, uh, I kind of, it reminded me when I was in high school and being bullied for four years all through high school because I was different. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that, you know what, this person does not even belong in my life because they cannot respect, you know, my decisions, my morals, my beliefs, when in fact, isn't that what this country was established on Absolutely. yeah it wasn't it you know established on freedom of speech Absolutely. And, uh, the ability to express yourself you know stand up for what you believe in but then i realized you're always going to have someone that's going to oppose your views you sure. know um and and i just realized that you know it's 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 okay to, to move on but i've had those kinds of instances to answer your question and it's been kind of frustrating because it has made me question myself, mm -hmm. you know, when in fact, because me and you are both on the opposite sides of the aisle. And that's mm -hmm. the beauty about this that I don't think yeah. a lot of people are realizing. And I wanted yeah. to mention it on the show here yeah. because um, being on both sides actually creates some sense of diversity that mm -hmm. I think the United States of America needs. I absolutely agree. So I, I want to address a couple of things that you said. Fundamentally, mm -hmm. I absolutely agree. People need to be able to have their voice. They should not be shut down for having their voice. And people need to be able to hear each other and communicate. Um, and, you know, that that's first and foremost. Um, but secondly, uh, when you're talking about, I lost my train of thought. Um, mm -hmm. But I, it was, I was going to say something about when you were saying that uh, we need to be able to uh, agree to disagree. I I absolutely think that that is very much like needed. That is what this country is about. Yeah, but yeah. people also need to be able to have discussions from, you know, a less uh, emotional place. You know, people, when you're voting, you're not voting for, you know, somebody you're inviting to dinner. I, I use that analogy a lot. You, know, you need to understand that you are voting yeah. for somebody who, you know, it's not, you're not voting for your new best friend. You're voting for somebody who is, their job is to uphold the policies that you support. 
And that's really what this is about. It's about policy. Yeah. And so I wish more people when they have absolutely people should be able to ad- agree to disagree. That is the flavor of life. And, and in general, I mean, you know, not just in politics, I, I think that's what makes life interesting is that people have right. such varied perspectives. People have such diverse diversity of thought. I'm always going to be a proponent of promulgating diversity of thought. You know, we, I, you hear so much from the social justice warriors about, you know, diversity, diversity. And then you realize what they really want is something that looks like a diverse color palette and they want everybody to think the same. And I personally like, sure, it'd be nice if we get diversity uh, of appearance, but I care way more about diversity of thought before anything. And that is what that to me is what really propels uh, evolution and growth. Right, right. It's really important that people can be respectful, but I think it's also really important that people have, you know, discourse. It's not just this, you know, like, my guy's great, your guy sucks, and you vote for your guy like you're a shitty human being. Forgive my language. But, like, I feel like that's what I'm hearing, you know. Why not have a discussion about why do you like your guy? What has he done? What is his list right. of compliment, accomplishments? And why is it that you think that it's going to be the best for the future of this country? And when you ask where are we headed if we can't agree to disagree, that's that I wanted to address. That I lost my train of well, thought. Well, one but, thing I wanted to share actually on that note, when you no. said, why not have a discussion? Why not two people have that discussion? They're on both uh, different sides of the aisle. Yeah. Because I think people are afraid of persuasion. They're afraid of being persuaded otherwise. That is exactly what I was going to So when you, that was what I wanted to address. Thank you. So when you yes. said something about this guy made you question yourself. Yep. And you said it in a pejorative way. And I actually, my thought was, that's beautiful. I love, you know, I, 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 I think everybody listening can tell yep. I'm very strong in my, I have very, you know, I have, uh, you know, a strong convictions and I stand yes. by them. And I think people should. I'm not one of those people who says that we, we shouldn't be biased. I think we should be aware of our bias and then make conscious, you know, choices if that's where we want to lie. We want our bias right. to fit. However, I love the opportunity when somebody truly makes me question something. Not when they come and attack me. Not when it's all, you know, ad hominems and emotionally charged uh, accusation, but when somebody I, actually makes me think and question my perspective and my, you know, position, that is a gift to me because then I have an opportunity. I, I mean, personally, I'm just a, in, you know, a, a junkie for that kind of stuff. I love to think about things and question things and explore right. and you know, go on an intellectual right. journey. But I think it is a gift for all people because we can't see our blind spots, and if somebody can make us think, not push us, not force us, but truly make us think, that is actually what, that, that's what freedom of thought does. It allows for critical thinking. And critical right. thinking is the most essential component of any kind of progress. So, yeah. Yep. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And, and this is, you know, when, so for those of us, for those that are actually just tuning in for the first time, um, you know, we are streaming everywhere. This is the Roz Project. And uh, this is, I believe, the third episode since yeah. uh, uh, you, Courtney, have joined on. And one thing that I wanted to touch upon that, you know, first of all, I mentioned that obviously one of the reasons why you're also on the show as a co-host is because 
I found beauty in the fact that you know how to agree to disagree and how respectful you are of people's purviews on things. And um, I was actually watching a video uh, this weekend on Instagram. It might have been a Brad Lee. Uh, who I, I follow quite a bit because he's a like a sales guru guy, and um, he was talking something about what changes life. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said uh, it was like a fifteen minute thing or something. And anyway, but the gist of the message was, he said, when I learn to uplift and support and respect uh, uh, other people, regardless mm-hmm. of what I thought, I would just say maybe I would message five people every morning and say, hey, how's it going? Crush it, man! It's Monday. Have an amazing day. It doesn't matter if they're a Democrat or a Republican or male or female or gay or straight or white or black. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because what you're doing is you're respecting that human being. And that right there is literally priceless. It goes above anything. It's just human to do. And so I think with politics, and we talked about it a little bit ago, and you know, you being on the show too is because you bring that perspective from the right. And I think a lot of people from the right specifically are like, why, you know, they are, they're just not in that kind of sense because, and I think there's also a lot of people on the left that just can't, you know, learn to agree to disagree. And we need more of that, especially now, because I think I told you this before we, we started the show, but I saw a post this morning that was talking about, you know, like a get ready turbulent week, like, oh, you're going to have to stock up on paper, fuel up your car. I can already see the lines at Sam's Club, you know, be stretching around, you know, the block of people trying to fill up. And, you know, of course, we know what happened four or five months ago, COVID, like, you know, toilet paper and such. Luckily, we had enough supply. And let's face it, when you have two kids and a wife, like, I mean, yeah, you need. But even then, like going through that again, like in hindsight, it's kind of like, like, I don't, I, I mean, that just seems ludicrous. Yeah. And why? It's it's sparked by, and this is where the controversy comes, I think, is this that I think it's sparked by what's happening on the political side of things, mm-hmm. on left and right. And I and some people are saying, well, you know, I think the toilet paper and all of this, you know, the shortage again this week being turbulent is intentional, right? Yeah. Like it's intentional to happen. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I think it's the scarcity mindset, honestly. From a lot of people, I think it's the scarcity mindset that I'm not going to be able to survive because, uh, let's face it, four months ago when we had the toilet paper shortage and the bleed shortage and like all the shortage, you know, like all across America, like deep in my heart, I knew that we're going to make it. You know, we're going to make it. Somehow we're going to make it. Was optimistic enough. And even though, like, I saw people post stuff on Facebook and like, oh my God, I'm trying to get toilet paper. I'm running out of toilet paper. I'm like, you do know there's alternatives, right? I think we've been like, you know, born in well, the toilet paper. It, it, mindset. There wasn't a ton of it. Honestly, it was, it was actually pretty hard to get. Um, yeah. In a lot of areas. So, yeah. yeah. And it was and so, online, was hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was, yeah. So I think, I think, you know, I think this week there's a lot of scarcity again. You know, I think a lot of people are going to fall in that scarcity mindset when we need more optimism than ever and more positivity now. I absolutely think we need a lot more positivity, but the, you know, there's, I, it, it's interesting because people think of me as such an optimistic person. I hear this all the time and <laughs> I think, you know, at heart I am, that's at the core of who I am, sure. but I'm not a Pollyanna. I, I think part of why I'm optimistic is because I'm a realist. So I know that sounds a little ironic, um, but it is the truth. It's because I, I don't 
sugarcoat things. I don't live in a land of fairies and rainbows and unicorns. You know, I'm very aware of where reality is. And because I understand mm -hmm. the negatives, you know, I'm able to prepare. I'm able to recognize, you know, where, what hardships may be and what, what hardships there have been and look forward. So I think that that's, you know, there's a big difference between, I, you know, going into mm -hmm. a, a dire scarcity mindset and going into, okay, businesses have been boarded up. You know, there is a lot of talk of unrest and I don't want to be scrambling at the 11th hour because that's horrifying, you know, to be in a position where you truly can't protect yourself and your family. Um, that's actually really horrifying. I would rather think, right. you know, hope for the best, prepare for the worst and know that, you know, it, it's probably going to be okay, but just in case, you know, I'm not going right. to scrambling. And I can protect myself. And I will tell you that, I mean, I, I've heard from people that this uh, unrest is coming from very organized, uh, very highly financed uh, places. And that they were planning for after the election. They're planning for after inauguration. And they went early with the George Floyd um, because they had they had the meeting. Yeah. They, they were so over, uh, you know, they had so much, such surplus that they yeah. were able to and use that as an excuse. So, you know, hopefully we won't see that again. I'm really hoping that. And I, there's a yeah. place in my heart that thinks that even if we do, it may be shorter because people are more prepared, you know? Well, so, you know, one thing I wanted to touch upon that you mentioned is, is the fact that you're a realist. And that's, that's something that I resonate with very much. I think that's why, I made the comment earlier about, you know, the post that was posted about the guidelines and the recommendations that, you know, the Michigan State uh, Health Department had made um, mm -hmm. and how a lot of people were, you know, really just jumping into conclusions. But I understand. I understand. And I think that's where the realism comes into play, because, uh, you know, the realistic person in me is just that if I see uh, an act of dictatorship being put into law, and maybe that's where the lack of education and, and political insight, you know, mm -hmm. comes in, comes into play, then of course I'm going to oppose it. And I think that's what people, you know, misconstrue is that, you know, I am realistic, you know, I don't live in a fictitious world because <laughs> I, I see things the way I see them and I interpret them the way I interpret them and the way I see them best fit for my own interests and the way it, you know, affects my own life and my family's life. And that's what people I think sort of, you know, overlook is this that realism because, and I personally think that you have to be realistic, especially now, yeah. right now with tomorrow being election day, you know, you have to be more realistic than ever. And if you are skeptical about something, just hope for the best result. Can yeah. you, can you take action against something? Do you, do you need to vote? Have you voted? Go vote. If you yep. think that's going to make a difference, go and vote. And that's what I think a lot of people are, you know, being very speculative of is just that, well, is my vote going to make, you know, a difference? You know, well, if you don't vote, then obviously it's not going to make a difference <laughs> because it's not going it, to, it's not going to count. Or are you in disbelief of voting? Because okay. let's face it, there's millions of people who are neutral because they don't believe that either of the candidate you know, is going to solve the problems. But right. at the end of the day is just be realistic. 
you know, just be realistic, be optimistic, be positive, you know, and, and in fact, one thing I've been thinking about this week is this that just be kind hearted, you yeah. know, just this week, there's going to be a lot of people that are probably going to be in disappointment, you mm-hmm. know, regardless of what candidate wins, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be in disappointment. Absolutely. And that's where that unrest that you mentioned in the beginning of the show that I think will really come to reality, like all these businesses being boarded up that I've been hearing, like, you know, uh, New York and New Jersey and uh, even on the East Coast uh, as well, you know, that's like preparing for this. And I think largely it's the scarcity mindset. It's the fear that's happening because. I think that a lot of these businesses are attempting to control the things they can't because let's face it, it's this is literally no different in what's happening right now with the election, which I agree is probably one of the most important elections in recent times. But you can't control the inevitable. And right. You can't control, control the inevitable, inevitable, but because we have enough intel that they're they are planning unrest. You, you, that doesn't mean you need to make yourself a victim either. There's a huge difference between being, uh, this is why I'm talking about being a realist, because, and I really want to drive this home, because mm-hmm. there's a big difference between being a scarcity mindset and living in this you know, paralyzed state of fear and taking control of the things that we can control. No, we can't control the outcome of the election. You know, right. The only thing we can control is our own vote. However, you can protect your property. And that is one of the fu- fundamental tenets of the United States of America, you know, is property rights. That is your property and you have a right to protect it and defend it. And so if that means if you want to board up for, you know, election night because you feel like there, you have enough intel. It, it's not just coming out of thin air. You know, we, we right. have some real intel, um, you know, and it has been made public. So. You know, if people are concerned about that, of course, we don't know. Maybe it'll turn out to be totally fine. And I that's sure. what I'm hoping for. Um, I'm hoping that there's absolutely no unrest and, you know, people behave like adults. And, uh, you know, if they're happy, they're they're happy. And if they're disappointed, you know, they, they cope with that in whatever way they need to. That doesn't infringe on other people's uh, rights and properties and lives. Um but that doesn't mean that, you know, if you're worried about it, that you shouldn't take, you know, it's just like if somebody's worried about getting sick and they want to bump right. their vitamin C and their vitamin D, why not do that? Absolutely. Right. Be a realist. Yeah, we do right. have a virus out there. Do what you need to do to protect yourself and boost your immunity. Um, and I think it's the same thing. Um, and the sure. other thing I really do want to uh, touch on with you, you know, is kind of the, the central theme of like, where are we headed if we can't agree to disagree? Yeah. I think the first and foremost thing that we really need to protect is the First Amendment. And that is what agreeing to disagree is about. It's yeah. about allowing other people to have their voice, even if it's different from yours. You know, and and to be, you know, that happens by being respectful. And, you know, I think it's okay to have a heated discussion. I, I was on the debate team. I am all for heated discussion. I'm a very passionate person, <laughs> you know, and I have no problems with people you know, being uh, logically reasoned and passionate about what they think and what they have to say. But, you know, the line is drawn when you're shutting somebody down, when you're using you're using violence um, and you're you're threatening people's lives and property. Well, that was 
I mean, I couldn't have said it any better. One thing that I wanted to touch upon is, you know, um, small businesses and the scarcity mindset. It kind of goes back to uh, insurance, right? Is the insurance is one of those things that damn if you do, damn if you don't, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a catch 22 situation. So I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, okay, let's say that there's going to be all this unrest hypothetically, and and it probably will, will happen in some form or fashion, right? But the severity of it is what we don't know, right? right? Severity of that. So let's say, you know, they tear down and loot your store as a small business, right? You have insurance. Well, hopefully you have insurance, right? But okay. I think the delineation in that is people are so emotional about the fact that they have to rebuild. You know, I I, I lived through the Fer- through the Ferguson thing, you know, and that, that was devastating for a lot of small businesses. You know, nearly billions of dollars of of damage that went into that and but here's the thing is it's not just property though some people's lives have been yeah exactly some people's lives but it really all goes back to the inevitable if that happens you have insurance you can rebuild insurance gonna pay you the losses that you sustain sure nobody wants to sustain those losses nobody wants to go through that and most people will try to protect it i get it i would do the same thing but But then Go ahead. Sorry. I really want to address this because mm-hmm. one, insurance doesn't always cover everything. You know, sure. not everybody has insurance, but of course, I think, you know, if you have a business, you should have insurance. That's my personal opinion, but it's right. Did You do what you need to do. Um, but insurance is not, you know, uh, fail safe. Like it does not protect against everything. In some cases, it will not protect you, you know, as much as you need or even at all. And moreover, just because you have insurance, and I absolutely understand, you have to rebuild. In life, you know, we have failures, we have losses. We need to understand you're not always going to be on the top. That's right. life, and you need to be prepared to rebuild. However, that does not, you know, undermine the or negate the, you know, severity of pe- devastation to people's lives. It is their yeah. livelihood. So if their business is destroyed, some people have no other way of putting food on the table than that business. I agree. And, you know, while it would be great to say that people have a year's worth of saving, not everybody does and not everybody's able to do that, you know? So, right. So these people depend on it. Their families depend on it. And their safety, their livelihood depends on it. So to say, oh, well, you know, it doesn't really matter because insurance is going to cover it. That's just not accurate. And it's, yeah. it's a huge mistake to make. And it's, it's quite callous. Yeah. Honestly. No, I, I agree with you. You know, there's uh, there's there's a caveat to that, uh, especially the insurance side. I mean, you know, the insurance is supposed to help you. That's what it was meant to be. But, you know, I'm one of those people that will tell you that I've been through certain cir- circumstances where I feel like I had to pry someone's teeth just to get compensated for damage. You know, uh, I've had it happen on one property. I've had it happen with a vehicle in the past. And it's just like, let's look at this for 10 years, 12 years, 15 years, I've been accident free. And now when someone hits me, like you're not going to pay me out for three months. And that was the case. Exactly. When I was it, takes younger. it takes time. And so I agree with you is like, there's nothing, there's nothing out there that will, you know, supplement what we have built, you know, losing loved ones, even our friends, you know, uh, as a result of vandalism, you know, or chaos, I absolutely get it. And that's not the point I was trying to make. Mm -hmm. I was just trying to say that there are certain things that are designed to help us cope. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, 
it's not going to replace, you know, the, the business that we built and the memories and the experiences. It's not going to do that. And that's where I think it's so difficult for, for people, you know, to see that, you know, you can't control what you can't control. You can prepare as much as you can and you can try to oppose it and you can do that. And I see definitely value in that. Absolutely. When people try to protect the things that matter to them, because I do the same, you know, I do the same, but also at the same time, it's like when the inevitable happens, it's like, how do I create comfort with that? Right. You know, you can't, and that's what people struggle with. And, and it, it is challenging. It is. And I think that's what we're going to see a lot of this week. There's going to be a lot of unrest. unrest. There's going to be a lot of looting. There's going to be a lot of outrage. There's going to be a lot of hatred on social media. There's going to be a lot of violence. You know, and I, I think whether whether Joe Biden or Donald Trump wins, honestly, there's there, there's going to be, honestly. And that's one of the reasons why I also wanted to talk about this topic in the election tomorrow and the direction that the America, you know, that we all love is going towards because 250 years of fighting and sacrificing, you know, didn't go for anything. And that's, I think, the key message, you know, I, I want to round out with because I want people to be uh, kind. I want people to be positive. I want them to be optimistic, you know, definitely defend the things that are important to you, you know, but understand that we need to come from a place of love, you know, and respect each other because after all, this is the United States of America. Absolutely. I so. Um, and with that being said, that's really all that I have for the show today. Uh, Courtney, thank you so much for joining me. I mean, this was a powerhouse of an hour. You shared so much amazing perspective um, that I, I know people will hopefully benefit from. I know there were a few people that I commented, you know, on the stream also as, you know, we were chatting uh, in live and um, I was trying to see if, you know, I can uh, address some of them. There's a couple of long comments. Definitely check those out, you know, when you when you get a second. And uh, uh, before we wrap things up, I wanted to let you guys know that the Ross Project airs live on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, uh, Twitch, uh, LinkedIn Live, and YouTube also every Monday and Friday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time with my amazing sidekick, Courtney Turner, who always brings the fire. <laughs> and that's all we have for you guys today for the show. Uh, Courtney, again, thank you so much uh, for all the insight. Definitely appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. Have an amazing day, everyone. We'll talk to you later. Take care.